This will be on the podcast. Now that the Fitzes are here, we can start. <laughs> um, and it is uh, September 27th. The title of this is Be Still and Know. But it's actually... Uh, Be Still doesn't mean what you think it means. <laughs> um, I've known that scripture since I was young. It's one of those scriptures in the, in the Psalms that we all quote or we've we've heard even preached I've heard it talked about and um, I woke up with that scripture in my mind one morning and um, I asked the Lord I said Lord why is this on my mind and he goes he just gently let me go look up the word in the original I'm like okay and a lot of my it's funny a lot of my Bible studies my Bible scripture messages have come from simple word searches of the original language um and it's amazing uh how much more uh alive the scriptures come i guess if you actually go back to the original author with the words that the author understood he was using as opposed to our english translations um and uh i was recently asked would you do a podcast on heaven you know, because the question was, is heaven a real place? And, oh, I, you know, I said, well, I've done a lot on hell. <laughs> I've actually never done one specifically on heaven. I've done the word search on heaven, and it gives so much more clarity. But yet when we've been, again, when we've been taught certain ways, according to an English translation, there's so many things that we've missed in the scriptures because we have an English word that just doesn't quite do the actual scripture justice and this is one of those scriptures that if you don't go back to the original hebrew and obviously this is a scripture out of the old testament and the old testament is mainly in hebrew some aramaic uh the new testament you wouldn't need to go back to the greek to get close to the original language but if you don't go back to the original hebrew you miss this scripture i think completely in terms because i've always tried to be still and know that i am god that's the scripture in uh the psalms 46 10 be still and know that i am god and i always have this picture and i think we get this picture of monks you know they go into the high mountains you know to just you know meditate and just be in this stillness and I've even preached on this, you know, to be still for me. I said, oh, it's got to be in your mind because obviously just sitting still sometimes doesn't work. <laughs> so he's got to be talking about inner stillness. And so sometimes for me, being still would be like mowing the yard or, you know, being out. And for me, being out in nature makes my, helps my mind, I think, you know, to be still. Um, but if you look up the actual word in the Hebrew, um, be still the literal phrase means, uh, it's actually derived from one word. It says the word Rapha in Hebrew, A-R-A-P-H-A. And it literally means to be weak, to let go, to release. It's a very interesting word that we use to translate be still. If, you, if, if there was a better English word for this word be still, it should say surrender. It says, to be weak, to let go, or to release. So that's a lot of action (laughs) 
in this word, and it doesn't. And, and uh, if, if if there is another word for it, I will say that word again: to surrender. But you go further and says, "And know that I am God." So the whole phrase together, actually, in its original Hebrew, taken together with "be still" or "surrender" or "be uh, be weak," you know, to release, it actually means contains the meaning in order to know that I am God. So there's an experience that this, this, this phrase in the Hebrew is telling people to do. In order to know that he is God, you have to surrender. You have to release control in order to know. And it's a personal invitation that I am God. And I, and I realize, I realize that, that when we take control, when we, when we move in our own understanding of things and our own control of things, we limit God or the knowing of God in our life to experience God. And releasing our control of not only our own lives, but things, even small things that creep back into our lives where we just give control, that we are taking control of, we do not experience who God is. It's a powerful verse. It's a very powerful verse. And, you know, we're talking about, I'm talking about starting a, you know, a spiritual boot camp this week. You know, and y'all came without knowing I didn't give any preface of what it might be or what we might do. And I've been asking the Lord, I know he wants us together as a team. And this is the way I view this group. It's one thing to have an individual walk with the Lord. But he calls individuals to be on the same team. As, as a, it's, it's the mystery team from the, it's the mystery team from ancient past. The ancient prophets looked into this mystery team that would be assembled in the end times to represent who God is on this planet. And you think about how God represented himself on this planet in history past. In the past, he used to walk on this planet with the chosen Adam and Eve in a garden. It says in the still of the day, he would literally come down and walk with them just like a friend would. Hey, let's go on a walk. I know Matt and Sandy as friends and his husband and wife, they take long walks on the beach. And that was the nature of God representing himself on the planet in the, in the beginning. Now that was lost. We started hiding <laughs> and a disease hit this planet. But then God did not give up on us. He, he then chose a group of people, a nation, to represent who he was and how he was like. And he gave them actually the law. We talked about that in Romans. He gave them commandments and he spoke through men like, and he would talk them prophets. He would, he would say, you can't physically see me now, but I am going to speak through men. And prophets, you think about prophets as these like holy, holier than thou people. They weren't, they were, they were glorified parrots, but they had to submit to that. They had to actually choose to, all right, you just speak and I, you know, I will repeat to the people what you are saying. Now the prophets were mainly sent back then to Israel. They were usually Jewish in, in origin, and they would speak directly to the nation Israel and to other nations. Now, 
God sent his other his voice through other things, which had never has been since the beginning, and it was obviously through nature. It says all of creation speaks of the glory of my name. But he chose different ways to speak through man. Now, and the prophets would speak, and he he would talk of a time when he would speak through uh, to the earth and to the world through this spiritual team. Obviously, it was after his son, his son being the most dramatic at the point of come God himself coming to the earth in the form of a human being and speaking directly to the world through his son. But after that, the prophet said, there is going to be a group of human beings who would assemble as a team and they would represent who I am to the world until I come back. <laughs> That's a hard act to follow. Jesus Christ, you know, is a hard act to follow. He was the sinless man representing God to the rest of the world. But he says, no, it's better that I, Jesus says, I better that I leave because I'm going to infect you, possess a group of people with my Holy Spirit. And I will assemble them as a team to prove that I am still, that God is still trying to redeem and trying to save and trying to rescue and trying to reunite the way we were at the beginning with like Adam and Eve walking in the still cool of the day with God himself. That will be the church's job. I believe in the church so deeply. This is, you know, I told you, this is why we've assembled some people to come live together. And the great commission of this team, the mission statement, if we were a corporation <laughs> and we would put our little mission statement and then we'd have our core values <laughs> written out. The mission statement of this team is to go and make more disciples. Go and make more students of this Jesus Christ who walked the planet 2,000 years ago. And not only would we just have to have his, we'd have his writings and his teachings in, you know, to follow and his commandments, but he would literally, we would really offer people to be possessed <laughs> by his spirit. And that gets really weird, <laughs> you know. I want this Jewish guy to possess you, Aaron. <laughs> Are you open <laughs> to allow the, the Spirit of Christ, the Holy Ghost, to possess your entire being? Where he would, your, your, your physical body will become his temple. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Go ahead. Do what you got to do. <laughs> he goes on. Baptizing them. <laughs> In the name of the Father. Man, this is getting really culty. <laughs> you know. But it's what we believe, or it's what we claim to believe. But we've lost the church, I believe. The team is kind of like the Avengers when they try to assemble the Avengers for, a, for the last hurrah. You know, that, that we need a group of people with special, unique abilities to pull together in the end times to fight. To war to be willing to lay their lives on the line for the world. <laughs> and I think there's a mythic reality to the Avengers. You know, I think there's, that's why we tap into that. We're like, man, that is, we want to be, and, and little kids want to be them. You know, even my, ever, my little grandson, I want to be Hulk. I think he's going to paint him, we're going to paint him green <laughs> this Halloween, you know. <laughs> and of course, Beck wants to be Spider-Man, you know. Because you see some of the Avengers, they've got all these different talents. And, gifts. and I believe with all my heart that this is what the church is supposed to look like. 
We have this cosmic realm that is watching us. And the, the cosmic stage is going to be on this planet. And we're to fight. We are called to fight. In fact, the Lord says, and I will stir up gifts inside of you. And when these gifts are not small gifts, some of the gifts of miracles, some I will give the gifts of miracles to be, you know, to be able to raise the dead, to be able to somehow give you the gifts of healing. To some, I will give the gift of teaching and helps and all sorts of supernatural gifts that you, that, that are need to be active and you need to be practiced at. You need to know how to swing your hammer, Thor. You need to know how to spin your web, Spider-Man. You need to be a, practice it. And this is, the, to me, the beginning of that. This boot camp is, or the spiritual boot camp, is the beginning of that. To believe that we are more than we have. It's the origin story. <laughs> you know, of who we are. And it doesn't matter if you're 80 this year, or 50 this year, or already 50, or even Spider-Man coming up as the young buck. You know, the, the, the Spider-Man, when he came up to all these guys who were, he, he was kicking butt. The youngest kid in the group. And he was one of the strongest. And that's what I want us to look like. And, that, and I just believe we have forfeited so much of the power of God. Because we have settled for being fans of it. You know, and, and, and we sit back when we want to watch others do I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm calling us out. And that's why I'm excited about it. Because as somebody who's fought overseas, who's gone into enemy territory, who's, who's witnessed firsthand these powers, I'm like, all right. And it truly is a lot like Superman, the lifestyle that we live that we look like Clark Kent for the most part. Clark Kent is our cloaked, cloaked with humility. We don't need to parade it. Now, the early church, the original apostles, the original pillars of the church, they, they walked in humility, but once it gets out, people knew they were very powerful, dangerous men. Their abilities were real, <laughs> and the world knew it. The religious knew it. And they were, they weren't neutral. <laughs> it's hard for them to hide. <laughs> People knew what they were capable of. And in fact, when the dispersion in, 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 uh, in Jerusalem happened, the, the, uh, the attack on the church, which Paul had was a lot had to do with it. The, uh, a lot of people had to flee Jerusalem, but the, the 12 men, they stayed. <laughs> they were dangerous. It's, it's, it's amazing. You read the early stuff about some of the stuff about these men. It is just like, whoa. And I'm telling you guys, in this last day, we need to rise up. And this verse, in Psalms 46.10, needs to be something that we stand on. Because there was another man, more current, his name was Martin Luther. Uh, uh, in 1500s, he was the great reformer. He was the great reformer of the church. The church had kind of gone into a dark ages where the scriptures were definitely hidden, cloaked by people. The church itself says, you can't read this. You're not worthy. Unless you're a priest, you're not allowed to read the scriptures for yourself. It was in a dead language, Latin. You know, so a lot of scripture were just, the truth has just been 
cloaked. It didn't mean that the the church wasn't alive. It just was very small and it was very being persecuted if you were actually a follower of the way. And it was being persecuted by the church, <laughs> by the people who were in the church. And they were in heavy deception. So Luther, Martin Luther, he we know some of his story, he he came against that. But he wrote a song and it was based on this his scripture and it was based in a time when there was huge ep- epidemics going on in his life. His wife was sick with her, his newborn or with, with pregnant sick. He got in, he had heart problems. His one-year-old son was sick. The world was going through an epidemic in his lifetime during this time. And Martin Luther was, you know, had, had performed a lot of things. You know, he had stood. And he, now he himself was sick with heart problems and his intestinal issues. His whole family was sick. And he had sick people in his home. And, the, and, the, and his world had gone nuts because everybody was afraid of getting sick. And he turned to this scripture, Psalms 46. And he wrote one of the most powerful songs that the world still has today. Almighty fortress is my God. In the middle of all that. So here we have, we have one of these superheroes of the faith. A little more current to our time. Still 1500s. <laughs> and you have this man turning to this scripture in a time of panic. When the world, his world was up, upended by epidemic. And he writes one of these enduring songs. And if you listen to that song, that hymn, it's a powerful hymn, but it's based on this psalm back in the, in the day. And I want to give you some understanding of the psalm back of the day because it was, it was Hezekiah, one of the kings of Israel, and his kingdom was under siege by the Assyrians. And they, his, his, world was, I can imagine being the, the ruler, the president, or, you know, the king of your nation. You're, everybody's looking to you for guidance. Everybody's looking to you. What do we do? Because when you're, when you're under siege, the Assyrians, they, they, they surround and basically they're just starving you out. They're waiting for you to just give up. They, they cut off your supply lines. They cut off all the good resources that come in to refresh and renew your strength. And it's a slow way to wage war. And they were telling you, your God isn't going to save you. And Hezekiah is like at an end. And it's getting rough in the city. In Jerusalem, it's getting rough. Or wherever they were at that time. I forget which exactly fortress he was at. And the people were like, and that's pressure. And so he went to the Lord. And long story short, the Lord, well, I say this long story, summarizing this whole thing. The Lord had actually allowed this to happen because Israel had lost their way. They had gone after other idols. So he allowed this army to come, but this army had crossed the line and one of their leaders stood up and said, we are wrong. We're trying to repent from our idol worship and our idol things. But God, they have mocked you in doing what they're doing to us. They're saying, your God can't rescue you. It's interesting because God had brought this type of judgment to bring his people back to himself. But the, the, 
the 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 chaos that it created and the and the group of people that he allowed to do this to his people to bring judgment to bring them back cross the line and hezekiah says they do not honor you in this in fact they are mocking you in this and it brought god's attention to it and he goes i'm going to take care of those assyrians and one morning the people looked over the walls and 185,000 assyrians were slaughtered by god himself and this psalm or song and this worship song was birthed, Psalms 46 was birthed out of that time. And I want to raise our faith this morning because I want to go to it. This is where Psalms 46.10 comes from. It's not a long psalm. and I think it's only 11 verses or something like that. This is, this is close. Psalms 46.10 was written toward the end of it. But let's, let's go back and... Um, Look at the context of surrender to know that I am God <laughs> in order to know that I am God. Psalms 46 reads this, verse 1. God is our refuge and strength. Always, always, I'll repeat this, always ready to help in times of trouble. So we will not fear when earthquakes come and the mountains crumble into the sea. Hold on. <laughs> this is apocalyptic verbiage and adjectives. Now, I was just in an ocean that was one of the biggest oceans we've had in a long time. <laughs> the end is near! <laughs> Two days ago, Caught one of the biggest waves in my life, not biggest, but the biggest, but one of the biggest in my life just a few days ago. And if you're paddling out in just an ocean that is full of wild waves, it's it, it puts the fear of God back in you. You think you're all the way out and all of a sudden you hear this and you realize you're not all the way on the outside. You, the goal is to paddle on the outside of where they're breaking. <laughs> and if you paddle already 15 minutes you expect to be on the outside. I thought I was on the outside already, where I normally am on the outside. But <laughs> I looked out and there is a bigger outside. And like, oh, Lord. And if you're, you know, you want to be in that position where, and it is just, you're gripped with, okay, do I give up? <laughs> I need to go back in. It's, you're gripped with a little bit of fear. Here it says, so we will not fear when earthquakes come. Now, I haven't experienced one of those yet, but I hear when the ground starts shaking underneath you, you're not in control. <laughs> but here he's saying, we will not fear and the mountains crumble into the sea. Let the oceans roar and foam. <laughs> Let the mountains tremble as the waters surge. A river. Now, this is interesting. Verse four, a river brings joy. To the city of our God, the sacred home of the Most High. God dwells in that city. It cannot be destroyed. From that very break of day, God will protect it. Now understand that the church, until the time when the Holy Jerusalem does come down, the church is considered that city. And out of us will flow living waters. Now, if we're not experiencing 
when we when the if we experience a lot of fear like the rest of the world is right now that we are not in control because what it means is when you're not in control there's there's a lot of fear to be had because most of the world lives in a spirit of control all the systems education system everything is geared up for us to control our own destiny for to be in control of our own lives and we're getting up to the point where the only thing that'll kill the fear in our lives is surrendering that control back to the one who is our refuge. And it's also from the inside out. In verse six, the nations are in chaos and their kingdoms crumble. God's voice thunders and the earth melts. I believe with all my heart, just like in the day that this planet is under judgment. This is God's doing. He's allowing this to happen why? He's trying to call us back. He's trying to wake the church up because judgment begins in the house of the Lord. Trying to wake the church up, number one, and trying to call people back to repentance, to a relationship with him via, hopefully via the church. But if the church doesn't do their job and we don't wake up, and he's going to wake everybody up at the same time. He's going to cause chaos. He's going to allow it to happen. But what happens in the middle of this is you start seeing people mocking God. You start seeing, I was, I was watching some of the scientists, the cosmos guy, and I was like, oh, I love the stars that I'm going to read. But you know, the mockery, I couldn't even watch it because it starts off, you know how this all started? This intelligent guy who's talking about all the ways, with the, the future man, talks about the evolution of the cosmos. All of a sudden, Somehow he gets from the Big Bang to this DNA that this is where we came from, the strands of DNA of where we came from. And I'm like, where did that come from? How can you just mock God by saying, and this just evolved? I'm like, you're an idiot. And I'm like, God will not be mocked. Something inside me, the spirit of God who created everything is, oh, there's a holy anger that rises up and should rise up in the church when this happens. And who cares about the intellectuals that are calling themselves professors in the universities right now that we cower to when their professors start shouting, you know, this is what the, you know, our, our scientists are, and the experts that are saying, well, the, the coronavirus, you know, is going to be, the numbers on it is going to be like one out of every 10 is going to be infected. This is the leading guy who we've, as our nations put up, Fossey put up in the beginning saying one out of every 10. Now he's going, oh, it's only 1% or now it's even lower than that. And we are told, but we still have to look at them because these are guys whose minds are way above your minds. You can't comprehend what they have to comprehend in order. And I'm going, the guy comprehended wrong. And you guys are still lifting these guys up as experts that we have to listen to because we're not smart enough. And these guys, and we cower to the intellectuals. Well, evolution is what we're, you know, what is true. You are an idiot if you believe in creation. The nations are in chaos and their kingdoms crumble. God's voice thunders and the earth melts. The Lord of heaven's armies is here among us. I love that title of the Lord. One of my favorite titles God gave his name. He gave us a lot of different names, but this is one of my favorites. He is the Lord of heaven's armies. There is a, cosme, a cosmos army, a, a, a universal army that has been arranged and is ready to fight and guess what we're a part of? We become a part of that army when we enlist. 
And actually, one of the top, not even these angels have these crazy gifts and angels, you know, that 185,000 men, Assyrian army who died in one night. That was an angel. God uses, huh? One angel. <laughs> one night. <laughs> All right. But for whatever reason, we are looked at in this human race as even more special than them. For a little time, we were created a little lower than the angels, but we, he's lifted us up higher to where we will even judge angels. This is who we are. The Lord of heaven's armies is here among us. The God of Israel is our fortress. Come see the glorious works of the Lord, verse 8. See how he brings destruction upon the world. Verse 9, he causes wars to end throughout the earth. He breaks the bow and snaps the spear. He burns the shields with fire. And verse 10, be still and know that I am God. He's telling us, surrender to him. Give up your control in order to know who he is. I will be honored by every nation. I will be honored throughout the world. That's the rest of the verse, by the way. <laughs> the Lord of heaven's army is here among us. The God of Israel is our fortress. Verse 11. Do you know what that really means right now? We are his city. We are not to be hidden. We are people to be set on top of a hill. The Lord is among us. They should say, why? Because he is in us. When people are going crazy and the world is suffering from PTSD right now, post-traumatic stress syndrome. <laughs> and if you've experienced that, I know my dad experienced it for, for real, real, been in a real war. It's a real thing. You know, um, what are some of the symptoms of PTSD that you had, Dad? Inner, real irritation and anger and not really knowing exactly why. That was part of it. I want you to repeat that again just for the podcast. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, just an inner irritation and anger, not really understanding why I was that way, but it was just sort of a, a sub emotion and feeling that was always with me and um, anxiety anxiety, anxiety. Mm -hmm. that's spoken from a vietnam vet who's had bullets passing by his head and watching people die on either side of him you know but the things he described is what the world's going through right now and they are looking for peace. They're looking for a refuge. They're looking. And God has chosen us to be that, a mighty refuge. Now, do our lives bring that peace? Do our lives exemplify? When we show up into a panic situation, do people like go, oh, good. David's here. You know, oh good, Stephen's here. Because they recognize there is a strength about those, these people. There is a peace. There is a joy that just makes the darkness flee. It's presence. 
It's powerful presence that I want to see back in ours. And again, I say the early church, their shadows, they, people would bring their sick just so that the apostles would walk past, that their shadows would heal their sick. I believe that's who we are. And in fact, in the last days, I think we need are called even greater things than the early apostles. Because the story is culminating in climax. And this has been in my heart. This gathering of believers, this gathering of men has been in my heart since I was 12 years old. <clears throat> this vision of really discipleship, living each other in a community where we would be launched from this place, kind of like the Avengers have their own building, that we'd be launched from this place to go when the Lord says, you're on a mission now, go. I'm calling you to go. This weekend, we've, we had one young lady who has jumped in. She's one of us. She jumped in to where four kids were being horribly abused, sexually abused by parents who were drug addicts. When the DCF walked into their, one of the rooms, the youngest was in a crib and the trash and the heap of garbage was up to the, the bottom of the crib of, of beer cans. And they were feeding the kids through the room, just throwing food at them. And sexual experiments were being performed on these children. Michelle, a single mom with no money was connected to these kids here she herself had tons of plenty of issues that she was going through in her own personal life she couldn't stand by while this was happening so she jumps in i liken it to jumping into into a place into a pool she couldn't even she does and literally she does not know how to swim physically she does not know how to swim she jumped in anyways to rescue so I invited her into our community for a moment of refuge. She's been in this battle for the most part alone with her son, Matt. She ended up in the hospital not too long ago, but probably because of stress. Her stress of, of what she jumped into was bigger than her. But when I heard her speaking last night to her children, who they now call her mom, she feels like she's in her head, but she has, in the years that she's had, these kids have been rescued. And she came here for refuge, for just a moment of relief. And I'm, I'm trying to provide that for her so that she can go back into the war. Now, it's amazing how many people, Christians, have the means, have actually the means and the, and the house and the means to actually get help, pay for help, don't jump in to these lives. The guy who wrote Martin Luther, it says that he actually drew in, he's writing Almighty Fortress and Mighty. As he was sick, trying to take care of his sick family, he had sick people in his home in the middle of a pandemic, epidemic, that could kill his newborn. He was fighting with everything he had, and he wrote that psalm. <laughs> Who are we? We are pathetic in, in so many ways. <laughs> and I'm 
not settling. And that's why we've been called here. This, this, this group, I was like, who, I wonder who's going to be, Lord, when I finally had the chance to get to this point where we have left everything to come together in community in order to be the church that you've called us to be. I've called us out of the church, <laughs> the system of the church. Let me just say that because there are so many things you, we, we will not experience what going, if, if the same system is played over and over again, you're going to get what the system provides. You're going to get a bunch of people coming to a meeting, getting tickled. And we will not see the things that I'm talking about that we read that should spawn our imagination to that's who we are, who we're called to be. And so this is what I'm calling us to as the church, as this team. And now this is, bring, I got to bring Paul into this story because this is what he said. Um, in this spirit of control. And I wrote this down. Before I go into Paul, I wrote this down. It says, I want you to ask yourself this question. What areas of your life have you not surrendered control? <clears throat> And this is a hard one because it is areas. There's the, I call it the 80-20. Most of us have given 20% of our lives to the Lord. But to be in a war, <laughs> it's, it's, it's like, you know, Johnny's still trying to get in the military, I think. But you're about ready to commit 100% of your life for four years at least. That's why the military is so like a big decision. When you're entering an army, a military, you have to make that decision. They're going to own you. And there's a good reason why, because you're going to go to fight and you need to train. And so I ask you this question. The Holy Spirit requires 100% of you to possess 100%, not 20% of your life. The Holy Spirit, and he deserves it. He's paid a high price to, to, to possess you, to purchase your, your mind, your heart. And he's not asking you to clean yourself up. He'll get you, he'll put you through the boot camp. He'll, he'll, he'll give you the two by fours if you, when you go off track. <laughs> you know, like, oh. Why do these things keep failing? <laughs> you said. <laughs> you know, 100%. <laughs> I'm just keeping you to that. I need every nook and cranny. I need you 100% alive. It's a better way to look at it. I need 100% of you ready for battle. So what areas of your life have you not surrendered control? This is the Holy Spirit speaking directly to us as individuals right now. And as a team. Because you're looking at the team. Oh, man. <laughs> if I were on the... Where's Thor? <laughs> Just or Captain Marvel, come on! She, you know, I was real. I was really, uh, you know, upset when Captain Marvel did not beat the crap out of Thanos. <laughs> you know, like she just went through a spaceship. She just traveled through. Kill Thanos! <laughs> Here's Captain. You know, we look at each other. We want us. We want that star player. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know. Um, to identify. Uh, this is to identify when. To identify where you haven't surrendered, I put some questions you can ask yourself. To identify where you have not surrendered control, when have you felt the most anxious 
this week? When you felt anxiety, what gives you anxiety? What brings anxiety on? When do you feel stressed out? You know, in a relation, is it a relationship? <laughs> is it, you know, your job? Is it a situation in your job that always, it's always like on repeat? You know, he's like, I've been here before. This always makes me anxious. Because you know, this whole verse is talking about, we will have no anxiousness during this time. If God's in control, if he's our mighty fortress, those things aren't, they just, it's not that you won't ever feel it, but all of a sudden you realize God's been inserted into this. I've surrendered control in this area of my life. Is it your, you know, the ability to have more money? You know, is, I've got to make something of myself. You know, as men, we have all these pressures put on us to, to have an identity in the world. And it's usually wrapped up in a career. Have I made it there yet? <laughs> you know, you know, my dad made it to vice president, <laughs> you know, yeah. <laughs> And sometimes we'll keep those little things, you know, we'll, you know, when we finally clear our desk off, you know, we want to see our name with that little placard on it. It says senior vice president, you know, Tim Powell, you know, is it an identity issue? Do you, internally, are you struggling with who you are? Um, what, what makes you anxious? And there's, then, then you'll find these areas where God is saying, I need you to surrender that to me. I need you to let me into that area of your life. And I say, what made you anxious this week? What made you anxious this month? What made you anxious this past year, 2020? <laughs> There's a lot that may have made you anxious this past year. Now, this is where Paul comes in. Now, we're, we just read uh, Psalms. Do you know what chapter it was? 46. Now, this is Philippians 4, 6. <laughs> All right? So, a little coordination there. <laughs> and this is what it says. Paul says this in Philippians 4, verse 6. Don't worry about anything. <laughs> Instead, here's the cure to worrying about anything. Pray about everything. Tell God what you need. And think. Thank him for all he has done. This is powerful stuff. Instead of worrying, instantly insert God here <laughs> into this place. Pray about it. And I tell people all this, invite God into that moment. And this is how he says pray. Tell God what you need. It's a very simple prayer. God, I need hundred dollars right now. <laughs> I'm stressing out because I can't pay my rent or I can't pay, you know, I need that. But I give you thanks. It says, thank him for all he's done. Even though I'm in this position right now, I'm going to glorify you. Almighty fortress is our God. This praise thing, and I'm telling Aaron this, I'm telling you musician, this praise thing is powerful. This music thing is powerful when people are panicked. You know, it used to be in the old days, you would call people to a, a, a you know. There was, a, there was music that was involved to rally people to the cause. Now, the church is starting to kind of emo. We don't, we are not warriors. We're kind of like the, the, the hippies on the side. Make love, not peace, guys. Let's just worship God. 
and we don't jump in like Michelle jumped in. We don't know what the real world looks like. We don't know what those kids look like because we don't care about them. We'd rather not look. <laughs> but the, 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 it doesn't mean that you're going to get that thing right away, but it does mean, hey, God knows I'm inserting him into this situation that I'm, I'm being anxious over. And guess what? I'm going to praise God. And guess what happens when you start praising? It says, when you praise God, it says, put on the garments of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Lift up your voice to God. You are breaking bondages and chains and you are fighting a war. The spirit of heaviness is upon this world. And they need to hear the church singing. <laughs> Not the hippie church, but warriors singing. Oh, mighty fortress is our God. Because we believe. And we're not afraid anymore because we just inserted God into it. And we inserted our lives into the places where the battle is really going on. We've inserted ourselves. It says then going on as after he says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. Then he goes on. And then, then you will experience God's peace which exceeds anything we can understand. When all hell's breaking loose around us, Paul's saying, this is when you'll experience God's peace. And that goes past anything that we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Jesus Christ. Oh, yeah, you need to, what time do you need to go? Okay, you're still good. So, here's my 21-day challenge. <laughs> 21 days, we start there. And the first part is a, a cutting off of the voice of the world. And I've put this, and I've already done this for, this is, I've, I've already did it for 21 days just to kind of experience it myself before you all went. I've done it before, I just wanted to experience it in this day and age, or this moment in time. And it's to fast the world's entertainment, social media, and news. I haven't read Fox News in three weeks, or CNNs, or... <laughs> now, this doesn't apply to your work or your school. If you have to be on those things for school or work, I'm not, you know, I'm not telling you you can't do your job or be at school. <laughs> you know, oh, I can't. I'm on a spiritual fast. I can't do my homework. <clears throat> um, but I am saying... The voice of the world right now, it's infectious. A lot of us have turned to it as, uh, I know I had, I, as, as kind of just like, I just don't want to think about things right now, so I'm just going to, I'm going to put a movie on. But what I'm saying is I'm not saying those things are evil or bad. All I'm saying is that as the church, as a boot camp mentality, as a military arm in the branch of the Lord's army, that we need to separate ourselves for a little time to tune back into the commander-in-chief because <laughs> there are voices there are there's busyness and voices right now that are interrupting that relationship and so i'm saying i'm challenging us to that to get rid of that and whatever that looks like for you entertainment now the only the only stipulation is if it's school or you know and the only only 
thing I put in this is stipulations if you're if your significant other wants to go and watch something, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to put a dent in the relationship. You know, I want intimacy and sometimes just being with your wife and just watching something is, is fine. You know, I'm not saying, you know, uh, to, to fast that and all you single guys, you don't have that excuse right now. Um, <laughs> can't get married. Oh, I gotta, I gotta get married right now so I can watch this, this episode, <laughs> you know, yeah. <laughs> So um, that's the first challenge is to cut off those three things, world's entertainment, social media, and news. 21 days. Here's something proactive. I want us to stop three times a day to surrender and pray, to be still and know. <laughs> to three times a day. The men in the, who were mighty warriors, that was one of their, Daniel, David, they all said they did it three times a day. Daniel would pray to Jerusalem three times a day. David says, I, I, I stop three times a day, morning, noon, and night to praise you. And this is how, this is the three times, before the day starts, midday, and before you go to bed. Three times a day, not <laughs> get it over with in the morning. <laughs> I stop three times in the morning. no. Find the holiness of what a day means. Start with it, stay with it in the middle, and end with it. And this is how I want, how I want it to be. I want you to journal during those three times. I want you to stop long enough, create sentences, and it's a prayer journal, all right? Which includes how you feel God is responding. Not only it says, Paul says, pray, telling God what you need. <laughs> And then giving thanks. And then you will know the peace of God that passes all understanding. But write it down. Take the time to be still long enough to write it down, your conversation with God. And I, I included this, not only what you've asked him for and are thanking him about, that's your prayer, that's your instruction on prayer. Tell him what you need and Thank him for what you've been given. But the third one is to write down what you feel he is leading or how he's responding to what you're saying. Now, I've been in this prayer. This can take five minutes. It's not long. So if you take five minutes three times a day, that's 15 minutes of your day. But it can change your life. It's amazing. And this will be confronted. And the third thing I want you to do I don't want you to do that yet. Just stay with those two things. 21 days. Can you commit to that? I have to go out and get a piece of paper and a pen. Get a <laughs> oh, yeah, for, your, <laughs> for your social media. <laughs> 21 days. It's October. I think I put a date on it. October 18th will be the end. Loud breaker, right? Huh? I fail. <laughs> start over. <laughs> start over. Yeah, yeah, but you start over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You start over. Starts tomorrow. Start. It tomorrow. Yeah. Starts tomorrow. Get it. Get it. Binge today. 
<laughs> now, <laughs> yeah, you better get on the road. Now, I did this already because I wanted to see, because I believe we're in a spiritual war. And I believe the the biggest thing that the enemy will come against us as a team and into as individuals in this army is to disconnect you from the father, from his voice, from his insertion into your life. And I'm, this comes right at the heart of that. This, this combats that this. And so you will be, and I tested to myself. I said, he'll show up. I want to, I want to know how the enemy's going to show up. And he showed up in a lot of what you said with PTSD frustration just 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 kind of like ah just not it was a it was a i think ptsd goes it opens a door for spiritual attack the enemy uses ptsd to just come in and just lie to us and you will be confronted with so many lies during this mini fast about yourself about this is stupid why can't you just do what you want you take away some of the drug of the entertainment and you're left with your thoughts and it's a great time that's why i'm having us write things down because it's a great time to take your thoughts captive as opposed to just numbing them and it's scary because sometimes i found that man i was i was like oh i just i was addicted to it i was like oh, i need it i just need it and i started justifying lord i just need this one just because i can't sleep you'll, you'll face insomnia um, which is really a pain when you have to get up early the next day and you'll crave what you can't have, but it's a war. It's a war and we need to get back in shape because if we're disconnected, we're worth nothing anyways. <laughs> you know? Um, so, um, yeah, you'll be challenged. Let me just say that. You'll be challenged. And it sounds so simple. 15 minutes a day, <laughs> writing some prayers down to the Lord, cutting out the world's voice. On the other side of it, the other side of the coin of all the detox, and that's the word I'll say you will go through during this time, is a detox. And if you ever watch anybody go through detox, it's, it's uh, they shake, they crave, they are... They will tell you, if a drug addict, if you watch a drug addict, they will try to convince you that they need what they're missing. That's the detox you'll go through. But on the other side of the detox is something that, it's like a rust coming off a good tool. All of a sudden, God's voice starts becoming clear. Maybe again, or maybe for the first time. In this I want you to understand that his voice is not necessarily just a, 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 a voice in your head. It's a leading. It's a prompting. It's a feeling of experience. Your dreams actually, my dreams went through detox. My gifting started coming alive. I started feeling what others were feeling again. I started knowing, oh, I'm feeling this. Oh, that's that. Per I just was with that person. My gifts started coming alive. And that's what I'm looking for because the, after this, I want us to co come in touch with our gifting because after this, we're going to go into the gifts. We're going to start learning about our gifts that are inside us and tapping into the supernatural. That's the only word I have for it. I don't like that word because it makes it seem not real. 
the stuff of fairy tales. <laughs> but no, it's very real, and we're going to need those gifts to be stirred again. And all it is, the Holy Spirit allow, waking back up, uh, you know, allowing to move inside of the areas that haven't moved in a while and going, <laughs> you know, the tin man getting oil on things that haven't moved in a long time. I'm telling you guys right now, my mind is so alive. I, I, I'm flooded right now, not with bad things. My mind is seeing clearer and deeper than I have in a long time. And it's unfortunately, or fortunately, however you look at it, it's two or three in the morning sometimes because I can't sleep. And it's not a bad thing. It's not an insomnia that's annoying. It's that time with the Lord where I'm just in his presence. Wow. And I'm thinking about things that are normal, practical, and everything's coming alive. How to fix things. How to make things work. Matt caught me one morning with a frustration the other morning. I was on the Lord frustrated with something that had failed. <laughs> but the Lord was in that. And I'm seeing through people again. In a good way. I got to a point one time when I was tired of seeing the, the sin. <laughs> I just didn't want to see it. But I know why the Lord allows me to see through people. Because he wants me to help them. There's no judgment in my heart. It's powerful stuff, guys. I'm playing with God. <laughs> it's the only way to kind of say it. And it's powerful. And I only want it to get stronger. Because yes, I'm ready to go back to Kenya and face the religious spirits that the, those Kenyans are calling Christianity today. And if those religious spirits, they're called pastors over there, think you're going to take down their kingdom because you're starting to take back sheep, they will come after you with not only shouting at you, trying to kill you as a witch, but they will literally come after you with machetes. <laughs> Oh, oh, this just got real. I'm not going there. Oh, you all going on a mission trip with Jim? No. <laughs> yeah, waiver. Yeah, you signed this waiver. <laughs> so, yes, yes, and yes. So, so I'm calling to you. And if you're on this podcast and you missed the challenge, you, I'm sending this podcast to you. Aaron's going to send it right to you with a bunch of nice, pretty music to have an intro to. And hopefully some really devastating music at the end. <laughs> we'll work on that. <laughs> so we're going to end this podcast right here. Um, and uh, we'll see you when we see you next. Bye-bye.